Okay, so obviously uh, people don't know, but you actually live kind of close by me. It just happened to work out that way. <laughs> but um, so obviously today we're going to talk about the Nephilim. We're going to go into uh, quite a few things. Uh, but you were kind of talking before about what kind of got you into the Nephilim. You said that your pastor talked about the, you know, the demonic spirits and where they came from. Uh, so just kind of expand on that a little. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, we were in a Bible study. He mentioned it, and this is a guy I trust um, quite a bit. And so I know he wasn't just making it up or some kind of weird conspiracy theory. Uh, so, I, I honestly, I kind of just put it in my back pocket, didn't spend a whole lot of time on it. Uh, but then I, I heard about, obviously, Remnant Radio talked about Mike Kaiser a lot. My pastor yeah. actually talked about Mike Kaiser a lot. So uh, I read The Unseen Realm. You went down the Heiser hole. I did, yes. <laughs> and it was... Uh, it was eye-opener. There's yeah. a lot of things that I've I'd already, always kind of known and kind of seen, but then there's a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, wow. You know yeah. what I mean? So that was kind of my dipping my toes in the water, I guess. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a ton of really bad information out there about the Nephilim. Uh, I mean, you go on there, you can get, there's a, there's a conspiracy theory that goes with it called Tartaria. Most people have never heard of this, and this is the idea that there was an advanced society not all that long ago uh, that the that they had that's where we get all these ornate buildings and all these kind of things mm. and then the rich people of society decided to send a mud flood to destroy it all <laughs> this is a, this is very real okay, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is very I, you go on tiktok for long enough you'll get to tartaria and it's very weird but i'm trying to i try to pull people away from that kind of stuff mm. i went down to tartaria rabbit hole one night for like all night and it is just so these people don't believe the Civil War happened, I think, wow. <laughs> because there's no pictures is what they say. Like, okay. <laughs> but, but regardless, uh, there's a lot of really bad information with the Nephilim. You get people that think that uh, before the flood that these giants were like 3,000 feet tall and all this really mm -hmm. weird stuff that you find uh, on the Internet. Uh, but Heiser definitely puts that into perspective for sure. Um, so had, had when you were first... Had, had you even actually heard of this Genesis 6 stuff before that? Not really. I mean, I, I had seen the word Nephilim, and I, I remember talk, uh, reading about the giants and whenever the, the conquest of Canaan and stuff like that. Because um, I've always been a, a, a rabid, like, Bible reader. I yeah. love re Old and New Testament. And so I'd always kind of seen it, but honestly, it was one of those things in my, my materialistic, naturalistic, uh, post-enlightened worldview that I, that I just kind of carried with me. Yeah. Um, it was just like kind of like, uh, that's that weird Bible stuff. Maybe, maybe they were like only like seven foot tall and they, to them, they were giants. So, so not or six really feet tall and the Israelites were five feet tall. Yeah. Like they're, oh, they were giants. Yeah. And they exaggerated it in the, but King the Saul was very tall. So, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, so I know there's a lot of, there's a few theories out there. Uh, one of them being that these are the sons of Seth. Um, and obviously, you know, you and I, we disagree with that. Uh, but what are kind of your thoughts on it? So for people don't know that there's, uh, the sons of Seth theory, if you read in Genesis six, it says that the sons of God came into the daughters of man and, and had babies basically. And they, they were the Nephilim. <laughs> and so there's a whole host of people that was just kind of started by Augustine where people said, uh, say that instead of sons of God, it's actually talking about sons of Seth. Now they don't really have any explanation for this other than angels can't make babies is the sole argument that they make. And they point to a, a verse in Matthew where Jesus talks about the angels uh, don't get married in heaven. Uh, what they don't realize is when they quote that is Jesus actually referencing a book called the book of Enoch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, which is where all of this is, <laughs> but the sons of Seth. So why is it that, that uh, like that you haven't, 
been convinced by the sons of Seth. There's also that these are like good kings that that uh, God provided, uh, and that the, these are the daughters of Cain that they weren't supposed right. to. Yeah. Uh, we don't find that anywhere, obviously. But but what 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 are your thoughts on that? So the text. I mean, at the end of the day, and that's that's the main thing is the text. Genesis six one through four. If you read it, not. Not even way before, even way after. It never mentions sons of, uh, you know, sons of Seth. It calls them B'nai Elohim, which everywhere else in, in the in the Old Testament is speaking of angelic beings. Um, but also, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, the text, right? It says the daughters of men, and it doesn't say like the daughters of of, of Cain. And it doesn't say like why they would have been forbidden to. Like it says yeah. that all flesh was evil during that day, and when it says all flesh, it's not like it doesn't say just the daughters of Cain or right. the people of Cain. And there were probably some, uh, some people who were the sons of Seth who were very bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it says that Noah was perfect in his generation, but that just means he wasn't tainted with the Nephilim right. stuff. Right? right. And so as we move past that, the sons of Seth, the Kings, uh, the, obviously that one is one that we don't find in the Bible. And I found that most of the time that comes from people who just are uncomfortable with the idea of what the sons of God actually refers to. Absolutely. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Because it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. It really does. But if you go and you do like a word search on, on sons of God, uh, even in the New Testament, we are we can only become sons of God because of mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. this whole narrative. Uh, so, so why is it important to talk about the Nephilim? A lot of people will say, well, that's just, you know, this is that one part of the Bible. It's mm-hmm. only mentioned, the name is only mentioned twice. So why is it that it's necessary to talk about this? Uh, I think, at least for my own personal, my own personal journey with it, I guess, is it connected a lot of dots in the Bible itself. Like, why did they go and you know they committed genocide in Canaan? No, there's a reason they were they were they were destroying these hybrid beings called Nephilim. Uh, but also too, uh, like with current events, with the UFO phenomenon with the Bigfoot stuff. And I know a lot of people are going to tune out as soon as I talk about these things. Right? That's because the they're programmed to turn out, a- tune out as soon absolutely. as you... I mean, that's why I got my Blurry Creature shirt on. Oh, nice, nice. The Smithsonian has the, has yeah. the bones, man. Nice. <laughs> I love listening. That's, and you know, I've got the Blurry Creatures hat, too. Nice. So I'm, <laughs> I'm all about the Blurry Creatures. And I, honestly, I'm not like... I'm not big into the Bigfoot stuff and all of that. I don't really do a lot of research on that. Uh, I tend to focus more on the alien side of things because yeah. I think that there's a whole lot more evidence of that kind of weird Absolutely. stuff. <clears throat> but I honestly haven't even really looked in the Bigfoot stuff. I I, I don't really, I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> just to be honest, because I've, I've got so much weird stuff that I, that I research now that I just adding Bigfoot to it. Just once you start talking about Bigfoot, people tune out immediately. Yeah. More and more yeah. people are starting to be, to listen to stuff about quote unquote extraterrestrial yeah, absolutely. And this subject has a whole lot to do with that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like you had mentioned, with the um, before uh, or after the flood, these things come back. What mm. are your thoughts? How do you think? That's the big question. The Bible yeah. doesn't tell us. It just says there were sons of uh, or the Nephilim on the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the uh, daughters of men and, and made babies. Uh, forcefully yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't they didn't the bible some of the translations say that they got married this wasn't like oh let me just take our vows and devote myself this was no like you are going to yeah. be with me yeah <laughs> this this was a, a forced kind of thing so but after the flood what are your thoughts on that? man i don't have a whole lot of uh opinion or research on this uh i'm going to defer to mike heiser 
because uh, that's basically yeah that's the probably the main authority i would i would i would go to is there was another incursion that they did it again because wait they're going to do it once why wouldn't they do it again um but, but second place and close and again this isn't based on research or it's just kind of uh, is that the, some survive some survive the flood um and, and i'm glad you're talking about the flood right now because i'm not like i haven't done a lot of research into the flood itself and so i've always kind of wondered was it a local flood was it a global flood so if it was a regional flood, then some survived. If it was a global flood, then I would say there's definitely some kind of re-incursion happened. Yeah, okay, I, I completely disagree with the local flood kind of thing, because mm -hmm. uh, to make a boat that large makes no sense for a local flood, first of all. And also, all God would have had to say would be like, okay, Noah, let's just move. Move it, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just take your stuff and just walk, right? Yeah. And there's no need to save all of the animals, because... No, the animals still exist outside of that area, mm. <laughs> right? Uh, so we can kind of talk about the flood for a minute because this is this obviously goes hand in hand with this subject. Yeah. <laughs> so with Noah and the Ark, I obviously believe in a, in a global flood, and the reasons that I do is because just if, have you ever been to an ocean, right? Look at that. Where did all that water come from? The flood. Mm. Right? That's the whole line. People. Oh, say, it didn't well, come from meteors, like over <laughs> billions of years. <laughs> that's the, that's the dumbest. That like I, I swear, some of the some of the reasons people just they do these things so they can just sleep with random strangers. That's why they were willing mm, to believe yeah. such stupid things. Yeah. But honestly, most of the time, that's just because they want to be able to do what they want in the bedroom. Right. Yeah. Let's <laughs> just be honest. True. But uh, I mean, for a global flood, see, I I am a huge proponent of that. I think there is ample evidence for that. I'm going to do a whole episode on just the evidence for the flood. There's flood legends that encompass around the entire globe, and they mm. are all the same story told through different cultural lenses. Like in China, it's Nua and Fushi, and Nua is the mm. female in this version, mm. <laughs> and they get on a boat to save some people and all the animals because the gods tell them that the flood is going to come. Wow. And then, in, But also all the way to the Native Americans, they tell of a man who builds a great canoe. And so you can see, like, it's just through these cultural lenses that they make these things. The Aztecs told one where he, he cuts down and hollows out a cypress tree. And that's how, where he gets his ark from. Wow. <laughs> and they're all the same story because they all go back to the same, the same. actual same event that happened. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so that's one of the one of the greatest evidences for the flood. But as for me, I've got uh, I've got some thoughts on where they come from. I I disagree with Heiser on the second incursion. Because I look at the punishment that those sons of God receive, mm. and I think, uh, who in their right mind is going to be willing to be sent to Tartarus after? Right. <laughs> because even if you like, uh, it, we're going to talk about the Book of Enoch. Yeah, in the Book of Enoch, even if it's not one hundred percent true, but if you believe kind of the the narrative within it <laughs> that uh, they are begging God for forgiveness during yeah. this. And they're, yeah. they're, that's why they go to Enoch to say, hey, can you, can you kind of talk to him? He's really mad at us for doing this. <laughs> uh, even, you know, though that's like a fan fiction, you can still kind of imagine that kind of right. thing. Yeah. Like, they were like, holy crap, we yeah. did this. And But God was like, no, you go to Tartarus, which is like no one else, that, like Satan isn't there. Satan didn't get punished in this. Right? Right. And that's another reason I read on like Got Questions. They're like, it says that the angels were sent to Tartarus, but Satan's not included in this. He's not the only bad guy. No. <laughs> right? So I, I disagree with the second incursion kind of thing. Is it possible? Yeah, I guess. But it, to me, it just seems like no one would want to do that. Yeah, it's like. Because, and right. because we don't get an idea. Like, because if they did it again, why didn't God send those? 
The Tartarus. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm. So I disagree with that. I think one of two possibilities. Either one, uh, the, uh, the same thing you said, some of them survived. Because what it says is, uh, what the Bible is very clear, it actually says that all of the, all of the life on earth mm. was killed. It doesn't talk about under the earth. And we find a lot oh, of right. huge tunnels and stuff that are created. And also, uh, <laughs> you know, they could have just gathered up as many as they could and took them up and, and their obvious supernatural spiritual mm, right. <laughs> crafts yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and taken some with them. Because <laughs> if you don't believe in, um, if you don't believe that the heavenly realm has, has vehicles in it, go read Ezekiel 1. Uh, even mm. the good guys have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just insane that we have this idea that like they have to just be floating around everywhere. That's like not ghosts. the super right. Yeah. That's not the supernatural world. <laughs> so either they some of them survived, or I think it could be possible that it was it's more of a recessive gene that is found within, say, like the wife of him, mm, right. <laughs> or or one of the wives that it's just a recessive gene. And you know, say, well, why would God allow that? Well. He allows that because then when Joshua, the conquest happened and the Israelites are going to get rid of them in Canaan, you've got this huge force of people that everybody in the area is terrified of. Mm. The Egyptians talk about them. They're terrified. The, they talk about the, the, the Anakim and they're terrified of them. And then all like all of these people surround uh, are, are, you know, that surround this area, they're terrified of these people. They don't want to mess with them because they are giants. Right, and then Israel goes in, and in one swoop, boom, they're all gone. Mm. Imagine how all of those other people look at Israel from then on. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, that's like the, like their so, god. Yeah, you know, right. That's yeah. like well, they, they look at their god got rid of these right, things that yeah. our gods could not. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm. you know, I think it's it's possible for those two. I, the the second incursion is probably the least. In my view, I I don't think that that one is more is I think that's the least likely. Mm. <laughs> um, so, as for um, now, okay. So, do you believe that there are nephilim now? I, I think so. Honest, I mean, I, I I think there might be. There's 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 this is okay. I was talking about blurry creatures and also haunted cosmos. Uh, uh, yep, these these shows have really cosmos. helped me kind of turn my paradigm on it because. They talk about it from a Christian perspective, and yeah. they they have these you know blurry creatures has a bunch of guests on haunted mm-hmm. Cosmo tells basically tells a bunch of stories, and these are credible, sane, rational human beings, and they're telling these stories about giants and about aliens and cattle mutilation. Um, I can't say the cattle word, mutilations. There yeah. it is. Um, they're telling these stories, and like and just like Mike Kaiser says, like if one of these people is right, if one person is is correct, then, then the it paradigm the is whole, busted. All yeah. of it, right? But see, because here's the thing: I had a guy when I talked when I first talked about these supernatural things on my page. I had a guy that I've known. He went. I went to college with him, and this guy he does not make things up. He had he he messaged me, and I'm not going to mention his name, uh, but he messaged me, and he was like, "I've, I've got to tell you this story." Uh, because you know, I, I talked about blurry creatures, and and he went and listened to like every episode immediately because mm-hmm. because of this story. Because he told me that he actually had uh, had an encounter with the dog man, and he uh, said, yeah. "Kaden, I'm telling you right now, that was the most terrifying thing that I have ever experienced in my entire mm. life, and I can't explain it. That when I saw it, it was just like uh, I didn't even know what to do, wow. <laughs> but I know for a fact that I saw this. It wasn't a trick of the light. It wasn't. I wasn't on him." drugs it wasn't anything like that and i saw this thing so i think that the supernatural world is very different than what like the bible only tells us 
what we need to know. Right. It doesn't yeah. tell us yeah. everything that exists yeah. no. in the supernatural world. <clears throat> and for me, the supernatural world is just uh, what we don't understand scientifically yet. Mm. So I, I'm trying to push this uh, this idea that we need to speak about the supernatural world in a different way uh, because these are interdimensional right, beings. Right, right. We, yeah. we live in, a, in many spatial dimensions. And so as far as the Nephilim existing today, I think it's more of a genetic experiment today than it is yeah, like creating right. like it, all of these people with UFO abductions and stuff. I, I personally, yeah. I personally have, a, I haven't had an, an abduction experience, but I had a sleep paralysis event that was one of the most terrifying things that I've ever had. I kind of talked about it in my first episode. Uh, but the first time I ever really had true sleep paralysis, I was laying down on the couch and I'd falling asleep and I, and I woke up and I couldn't move. And I saw these three figures hovering like, like behind the couch uh, like over me like this and they had these big bulbous heads mm. and it scared the crap out of me because I literally lifted off the couch right and the only thing I could do I could barely even open my mouth I could just barely breathe all I could say was jeebus yeah right? yeah <laughs> and uh-huh. and I immediately fell to the ground that was the most terrifying thing yeah. I've ever experienced in my life yeah. other than the next time and if you haven't watched my first episode go listen to it because I explain, go into great detail on this but uh, I think that today that Nephilim are definitely not big giants. Mm. And so that brings us to eschatology, right? Mm. End time stuff. I personally think that this has a lot to do with eschatology. Uh, for me, I think like it says uh, in Genesis, when it talks about, it says the seed of the serpent. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, that implies that he is going to have a child. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. like, as the seed of the woman is like Jesus. Mar- L.A. Marzulli talked about the seed wars, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah L.A. Marzulli. I love me some. <laughs> he goes a little bit crazy for me sometimes, yeah. but yeah. I, I really enjoy. He's like the OG yeah. gangster of of Nephilim stuff. He's been he's been doing this stuff for a very long time, and I appreciate it. like he's got like twelve of the Watchers series. Mm. I, I encourage you all to watch them because they're they're really interesting stuff, and some of them it's like. Like this, like the one where he talks about finding stuff inside of UFO victims, like abduction victims. He finds like little metal things in oh, them wow. and stuff. Dude, it is that's oh, wild, man. It is like they go on screen and they're they literally have a surgeon pulling these things out of wow. these people and then showing them. And dude, it's it's wild. That is wild. <laughs> it's wild stuff. Wow. So as far as eschatology goes, what are your thoughts? How do you think that that's going to tie into? Um. Well, I. I eschatologically i'm all millennial um but i'm not i'm not so um cage stage i guess on it i'm yeah. not so like 100 percent. this is right y'all are all wrong uh so obviously like i guess that's probably where me and you would differ is you're more dispensational correct <laughs> uh, i'm more uh historical pre-millennial okay cool um uh you know i grew up in like the pre-trib dispensationalist I'm, i don't yeah. I'm not, i don't fall under that same uh, so, but for some people who don't, because amillennialism is, is is pretty rare, mm-hmm. uh, you know, premillennialism, which is what most people are, right. the, uh, postmillennialism, which I think is just, the reformed. Yeah, yeah, that's the crazy. Ref- that's like the super reformed. I think that one's the least likely of all. Mm. <laughs> and there's amillennialism, which kind of encompasses as a, uh, things can get bad. Yeah, things are going to get there, worse. Yeah, th- things things are going you know, to get worse before yeah. Jesus comes. And postmillennialism, things are going to get better, <laughs> uh, but that there is no there's. There's not a millennial in the sense like there's a literal literal thousand, thousand years, years. right? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. So, 
Is there anything that I missed in all millennialism? Uh, no, I mean, that's pretty much. Uh, so things are going to get worse. And I, I mean, personally, and I've, I've felt this way uh, for the last few years. As soon as like the, the, the UFO and alien stuff started kicking up, it got more and more popular and more and more people were coming forward with stories. Um, is that like this is going to be the great deception in my mind is that. I don't know, an alien is going to, like, they're going to save us from World War Three or from Project, Project Blue Bean kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah and they're going <laughs> to land on somewhere, and they're going to be like, we're here to protect you. All your you know, Christianity is wrong. Eastern mysticism is correct, yeah. and yep. blah, 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 blah. Uh, so and, do you believe that there is an Antichrist? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> not like a, like, not just a bunch of Antichrists. Right. There's obviously a bunch of those. Uh, but do you think that there is a Antichrist that is, like, the seed of Satan? Uh... I don't know, honestly. I don't. I'm still. I don't know. A hundred percent. I've just, so there's a part of me that just kind of grew up naturally in the West, even though I didn't grow up in the church or anything. Just kind of grew up naturally with like the yeah the 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 Western dispensational kind of undercurrent. Current, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, that's always believed in an antichrist. Uh-huh. Um, but as far as like me actually diving into the text to see exactly, I I don't know. You know, I really don't know. It, it would make sense. There's the left behind stuff and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. left behind. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, I watch left behind now, and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I know most people are still pre-trib. I'm trying to change that because uh, mm. I think that that is going to be a, a huge part of the great falling away. Uh, mm. Because when things get bad in America for Christians, a lot of people are going to go. I thought Jesus was going to save us, right? From all yeah, of stuff. I thought it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's. Most like one of the guarantees that Jesus gives is that there will be tribulation in our lives, yeah. and that we will be persecuted. And the American church has been really kind of uh, <laughs> we we have been removed from that. insulated, <laughs> yeah. And we haven't really had any of that. It's kind of starting now, yeah. But the rest of the world has always always had, yeah. Uh, Christians are the most persecuted people on planet Earth, right? Other than in the West, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you go ask our people our brothers and sisters in china how uh you know if they're going to be saved from persecution they'll be like wait we are persecuted yeah <laughs> and why do you think Too you need to not have to go through this yeah I, yeah because because god god jesus loves america a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> he loves america more than more than anybody else right and that's just not true that's our that's our american superiority yeah. complex that we yeah. have <laughs> uh, but there is no neither jew nor greek nor american Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there's absolutely. only there's only uh, those in Christ. So for me, eschatologically, I think that uh, like, do you believe that there will be? A, well, I guess you don't know about Antichrist. You don't know if there's like a mark of the beast kind of thing. Uh, You're I, unsure I'll, on these things. Uh, honestly, like I, I probably if I, yeah, there, I, yeah, I probably yeah, there's there's probably going to be some kind of mark of the beast, or there have already been a bunch of mark of the beast. You yeah. know what I mean? Or <laughs> Or it's like recapitulation type of thing, you know what yeah, I mean? One of the so, things that Heiser always would say is is um, already but not yet. Right. And that, yeah. you know, there's been a lot of attempts for uh, for these things to happen. Um, like World War II, that was an, an attempt. Mm. The Roman government, that was yeah. an attempt. <clears throat> Nero was an attempt. Right. But it ultimately did not fulfill all of these things together. And so the enemy is constantly attempting to do these things. At some point... My view is that at some point, this will ultimately happen and be fulfilled completely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you get things like, you get those angels from Tartarus being released in the mm. book of Revelation. Mm. Uh, the, the river Euphrates dries up and they are released from this. 
Mm -hmm. That's why you get those demonic locust-looking things, because they are released from They're not Apache helicopters? (laughs) They're not (laughs) Apache helicopters. They are actual terrifying spiritual (laughs) beings that you are going to probably want to cry Mm, when you see them. And so, for me, I think that the Nephilim stuff actually has a lot to do with the mark of the beast. Mm. There's a man whose name uh, um, escapes right now. Oh, it's uh, it's Douglas Hamp. Dr. Douglas Hamp. Uh, He wrote a book called Corrupting the Image. And his view on this is one of the most compelling that I've seen is that this has to do something with the Nephilim in some way, because every single time that God, that, that these, that the Nephilim show up, God shows up super pissed off mm. every single time. Right. And so that makes sense as to why somebody who takes this mark cannot ever be saved, no matter what they do, wow. because in some way, maybe through some sort of, uh, uh, vaccination or something mm. like that or some sort of enhancement to our bodies right. uh <clears throat> where uh you are your dna is is mixed with nephilim mm. dna and that's why you are incapable like of, transhumanism type right thing. exactly they long like, for death and it can never happen right never well happen. i mean yeah well because they wow. would they literally yeah. would eat the people <laughs> that's when like the nephilim were like you got the red-haired giants from from the from the native americans and mm. uh, and like that's like when they would say how, they literally do that because the, the Nephilim. Show the five. The five fingers, yeah. right? The Nephilim in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go on, come on. Come on in. In the Bible. Uh, and most people don't understand this. When you read, it talks about giants having six fingers and six toes. Right. Goliath yeah. has six fingers, six toes. His brothers, he has he has four brothers, six fingers, six toes. A lot of people don't understand. Goliath had brothers. When, when David went and picked up five stones, it's not because he didn't think he was going to hit him on the first try. He thought as soon as he kills Goliath, those four brothers are going to come after mm. him. <laughs> and so he had full faith in God. And that's why, I mean, people don't understand, like the Nephilim is so important to understand because if you don't understand that, you don't understand most of the Bible. It goes from Genesis 6 all the way up through, all the way up until Saul, the reason Saul gets removed as king. Saul gets removed as king because he refuses to listen to God and to destroy everything involving the Nephilim. And so God says, okay, I'm going to find the guy that is a known giant killer, Nephilim killer, and I'm going to make him the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't understand that, you don't understand this part about the Bible, period. You can't. Yeah. And so when, when, and then even, uh, I, you know, as, as far as eschatology and the mark of the beast, that's why people are incapable of being saved, according to this theory. And mm-hmm. that is really compelling to me because it just seems like weird that God all of a sudden like, because here's the thing: you can devote yourself to Satan right now. You can say, "I devote myself right. to Satan," <laughs> and then you can be saved. All right, yep. right? Yeah. Just like, uh, just like uh, the video I did on the guy from Typo Negative who became a Christian. He was a satanic, vampiric, goth metal band singer who came to Christ. Right. But at the end, you devote yourself to Satan and this mark of the beast. You you cannot be saved, mm. and that's weird because that's weird, the only yeah. time that God ever says that. So, what is different about this mark? That causes it, and it's mm-hmm. not like a barcode. It's not like you know, yeah. not, it's not a barcode. It's not a QR codes. Now you got yeah. people out there who say that uh, you know it's it's not monster energy drinks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm the wildest theories out there, man. <laughs> when it comes to this, but this one makes sense to me. It really does. Um, and so, <clears throat> what are your thoughts on which part? All of it. Any <laughs> all of it. it. All all of it together. Just uh, kind of we'll just kind of wrap up the Nephilim stuff, and we're going to talk about some other stuff after this. <laughs> Just kind of give your final thoughts mm. on the Nephilim and what's going on there, uh, uh, you know, yeah, as far yeah. as everything. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, go, kind of going back to the eschatology thing, right, is is that every, I see everything coming to a point. Uh, obviously, like the Nephilim stuff, it helps me understand, like, the, the, all the, the Old and New Testament more. 
Um, but everything's kind of coming to a point, you know, like we see AI taking off to crazy levels. We see, uh, we see globalism, the world economic forum. Uh, we see all uh, UFO stuff kicking up, like paranormal activities kicking up. Yeah. Uh, Luciferian, <laughs> the, the, the Miami, the Miami, the Miami alien thing, thing. You know, yeah. they say um, nephilim, but they, they don't. People don't understand what a nephilim is. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just think it's tall, so it's nephilim. The nephilim, yeah. yeah. But but yeah. that but was weird. That was weird. They said that it was just like kids fighting with each other. With but there were there were like seventy cop oh, cars there. Yeah. <laughs> that no. And they I'm were sorry. all like on gag order. They couldn't talk about what <laughs> right. happened. That's really freaking weird. And I've seen some videos. There's some weird, weird videos yeah. out there. But <laughs> so, but so, kind of going back to that is like uh, everything is coming to a point, and I feel like personally that it's important to understand this stuff because, like, I, like I said, I think it's going to be part of the great deception. And I think a lot of people, uh, if and when it happens, if I'm right. Um, then a lot of people are going to fall away because of it. Cause, oh, yeah. You know, because they're going to see an alien. They're going to be like, oh, my faith is gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like immediately. And, yeah. Because you don't think, because they think angels. Because they don't think about these things. Yeah. Or they think angels and demons are, are ghosts instead of having like some kind of physical form, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Like they, like, I mean, they literally become physical in the Bible. They yeah. Eat, they eat, they food. eat with people. They make babies. They talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so. Yeah, there is a a spiritual side, but the spiritual side is just the extra dimensional side. Right. Yeah. Like they are not spatial in three dimensions when they're in that realm. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But when they sit back and they come into our realm, they are. They actually are able to come into our uh, into our world, which is literally just overlaps there. Mm. (laughs) Like one of the things Chuck Missler said that one of the if you haven't listened to Chuck Messler, you need to listen to every video he's ever made. He's got a whole YouTube video. I, hear, I keep hearing his name. <laughs> he's the whole reason why I started studying the Bible and learning about the Nephilim. All right. But one of the things that he said uh, is, as far as extraterrestrial and aliens, all that kind of stuff, and UFOs, is whenever you see them, yeah, that's that's strange. But what the question is, is where do they go when you don't see them? When right. they just vanish, Yeah. where are they? Because they're not still in those places. They move to a different dimension. Right. Literally, they're moving to somewhere else, and that is that is what needs to make us think because these aren't beings from 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 Mars, or yeah. from, from uh, Beta Reticula <laughs> Nine, or yeah. they're not coming from from Sirius, the star Sirius. And there's documentaries out there that make all these claims. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a man uh, who did a whole documentary. Uh, they called it the Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Yeah. Okay. And uh, forget his name. He's this like hippie dude. But you watch this documentary and what these people are doing, they're going out into the desert. They're getting into a circle and they're all doing these new age kind of uh, pagan rituals. Yeah. And then yeah. these UFOs show up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, it's, like, it's almost like calling on demons and, and, <laughs> and demonic <laughs> things actually causes them to show up. I encourage everybody to watch that stuff because that is like, when, as soon as I saw that, I was like, they are doing pagan rituals. They yeah. are calling on the gods to come, and they are. And they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaky. Mm. It's really, really weird. Oh, by the way, this is Joseph. <laughs> so <Hi. laughs> He just kind of showed up in the middle. He's been doing <laughs> the camera work stuff here. Uh, this is the guy who's going to be my co-host. Um, <laughs> but to kind of wrap up the Nephilim stuff, obviously, this is an important topic. Uh, that's why we've been doing talking about it so much. Uh, I really this topic is something that goes so deep that I still haven't found the bottom of it. Once you get into the Heiser hole, as I call it, <laughs> uh, you do not find the bottom of it. 
every single every single book I've read, every single book that he's read or that he's written, I, <clears throat> uh, you know, I listened to a ton of his podcast. There's so much information on this. There's so much good information. But I encourage people to go look at good information on this because there's very bad information on the Nephilim. Yeah, yep. There is a ton of really bad information. Okay. There's also some very good information. And, you know, there's some things I disagree with about Dr. with Dr. Heiser. He's an older creationist. <laughs> uh, he believes that the that the flood was local. I, I don't I disagree with that. But that's okay. We can we can learn things from people that we disagree with. That's we should do those things. We shouldn't just listen to our echo chambers and listen to just Kent Hovind or, or you know, uh, Hagee or, or whoever you listen to as far as eschatology goes. You should listen to various different beliefs about all things. I've read books about post-millennial. I've read many post-millennial books. I've read uh, one amillennial book. There's not a whole bunch of them out there. <coughs> uh, and I've read uh, dispensational books. I've read all kinds of, you know, pre uh, all of these things. You should... You should challenge your beliefs because that's why I was able to change mine on a lot of these things because I actually studied other people's arguments. And that brings us to our final topic we're going to talk about here because I used to be a just staunch cessationist in every possible way. <coughs> I In high school, I remember doing a skit where it was called The Way We Pray. And my job was to make fun of people who spoke in tongues. That was my whole job in that skit was to summon a hallelujah, now, brown cow. That was my part. Okay. And everybody would laugh at it. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but that's how cessationist I was. Right. I, I, you know, I'm making fun of people who believed in tongues, making fun of people. Oh, well, why don't you, uh, why, if you have the gift of healing, why don't you go to hospitals and clear them out? <laughs> you know, because I made all these same arguments that cessationists make. And then I actually was challenged to study people who disagreed with me. And their arguments are so much better because they are just biblical arguments. There's no, well, if you, uh, you know, if, if you can heal people, why don't you go to hospitals? Where are the gifts today? There's none of these arguments <laughs> because I found Praise once I actually started studying these things, I actually experienced them because I asked God for them. <laughs> Amazing how that works. If you don't ask God for the gifts, you won't see them. Isn't that amazing how yeah. that works? <laughs> so obviously we have charismatic cheetah here, um, who is our, our local expert on this topic. <laughs> so let's just go ahead. We'll talk about some of the gifts uh, for you personally. Uh, I mean, because here's the thing, we could talk about the verses of the Bible that Obviously, say First Corinthians fourteen mm. one says that to seek all of the gifts, especially that you'll prophesy. Um, and then you got First Corinthians twelve, which is Paul talking about the body of Christ, and a lot of people talk about the body of Christ, but they don't realize like the whole point of that chapter is to talk about the gifts and how none of them are meaningless. None right. of them are without value. All of them. He literally says all of these gifts have value, and then he teaches them how to use them in a church setting. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that because cessationists don't want to talk about the Bible. They want to talk about experiences. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> let's talk about some experiences because I have plenty of experiences uh, with the gifts that have blown my mind. And, and every single time that they've happened, they do exactly what the Bible says they will do. The, it, it causes me to have a closer relationship yeah. with God. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cause me to seek after gifts, yeah, no, because I don't um, seek after signs. Uh, glory. I seek God. Yeah. The first time I ever really experienced the gift of tongues, I was so humbled by it 
that I fasted for three days and and literally just prayed and talked to God for yeah. three days because I was so humbled by it. it. had nothing to do with, I was just like, I'm wrong. I'm, mm, I'm yeah. wrong. And it just brought me so much closer to God. When I'm in having problems, you know, with uh, being upset at God or something, I always look back at that time and I go, okay, you don't remember like how close you felt that you can still feel that. You don't mm. have to speak in tongues to, to, to feel close to God. You don't. Right. But it literally says that it will edify you yeah. when you do these things. And yeah. I understand that you haven't spoken tongues and no. that's, that's okay. There's, there's some <laughs> charismatics that will say that you have to speak in tongues not or saved. you're not saved. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that is found nowhere in the Bible. Somebody tells you that they are abusing you. Yeah. you leave that church because they are wrong. Because Paul literally says, I wish that all of you would speak in tongues. Which means that some people do. Right. <laughs> some people don't ever get this gift. I've known other people that haven't had this gift and it's only happened to me a handful of times. But mm-hmm. what are some other things that you have experienced? So there's one in particular, and this was just a couple of years ago. This is one that I kind of keep close to the heart. I don't tell the people that I'm close to know about this experience. The people that were obviously were there, but they were all strangers for the most part. It's because I don't, I know people will hear this. A lot of cessationists will hear this and they will make all kinds of assumptions. They'll say it was demons. They'll say it was, you know, it was just chance. It was too fake. So long story short, um, I went to this small group. Uh, my pastor, uh, he's, he's a continuationist pastor. Uh, and he was, which is a small group by, uh, Michael Roundtree was actually leading it from Remnant Radio. And uh, basically it was, a, it was a small, and it's another thing that cessationists are going to have a field day with, I'm sure, but uh, they were having a small group for people who wanted to first learn how, learn how to how to prophesy, uh, <laughs> or to like, like. Let's, let's talk about that for a second, okay? Because yeah. this, I, even when I first started doing this, that always I always be like, well, why? I remember I met up with Josh from from Remnant mm. Radio, and I said something to the effect of, you know, because the last church I went to had like classes and stuff for these things, and one of the things he said to me was like, okay, so do you think that we should have seminaries for the gift of teaching? Exactly. Right. <laughs> and he said yeah. that and I was like, Wah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Like yeah. yeah, you have to learn how to how to how to teach. Yeah. Like Paul didn't have to go to seminary. So do, do you like so that means you don't have to go to seminary, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like Isaiah that had the sons the sons of the prophet. You know what I yeah. mean? Like those were people who were under him learning and so anyways, it was a small group about what prophecy was. I guess they met every week. It was uh so anyway, my 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 pastor uh, and I had just basically re- recommitted myself to Jesus fully. I, I was kind of on the fence and some stuff happened. But a couple of years ago, I finally was, I got, you know, a lot of Reformed friends are going to love this one too. I got rebaptized. just as a, as, a, as kind of a, uh, a demonstration of so Prince you Powell. just got wet the second time. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been baptized three times. Yeah, you know, it was, it was just. It, a, it doesn't matter. It, it really was a doesn't. demonstration of principalities and powers that I was now dead, dead in Christ and also raised. Anyway, so. It was literally like, I'm talking within a week of, of that experience. So uh, I go with him and I walk up and these are all strangers. These aren't people that, yeah. the only person that knew me there was the, the pastor and a, another guy from the church that goes to my church, uh, Brandon. And so they're the only ones that know me. And we drive up there and I walk in and that night in particular was, a, instead of a teaching night, it was a, this is how we're going to, pra- we're going to try to practice this tonight. And so me being one of the two new people that nobody knew, uh, Michael Roundtree was like, hey, are you willing to... Was he actually there? Michael Roundtree, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So yeah. it wasn't like a video... No, no. It was actually it's in person, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Um, and so he was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I was, he's like, are you willing to, to see if 
the Lord wants to talk talk to you. Uh, yeah. You know, I was like, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Whatever. Why not? And these people, I mean, there was probably 20 to 30 uh, adults in this room. Um, they, some of the things they said, um, there's no way they could have known. Uh, there's no way that they could have. Deeply personal? Very. You know, things that I don't think my wife could even make up if she wanted to. You know what I mean? Um, and it was just like, basically the theme of the night was, uh, was I skid my knee, uh, and the Lord, I, I got back up and the Lord was there. To, he he yeah. didn't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was, he was there to, to love well, it's me. It's kind of like the woman at the well, when Jesus tells her, you know, uh, the guy that you're living with now isn't even your husband. And she goes and tells everybody, he, he told me everything I ever did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, and it was, it, I had a, like I said, a room full of people prophesying and they were saying things that I needed to hear. Uh, they were saying things that, what did that do for your walk? And, uh, it edified me. It built me up. It was very encouraging. Um, I felt like, because, okay, just a little bit of background to that is for, uh, for a few, like I got saved when I was 19. I was out of drugs and alcohol. Uh, you know, then after four and a half years, I relapsed. I went back to drinking and using, and I basically went full on apostasy. I was like, you know, yep. uh, saying screw God and all these different things. I tried to be an atheist. I'm not a very good atheist or agnostic, and because um, I know too much, you know. And so anyway, so uh, in 2019, I got sober again and was trying to come back to to the Lord. But there was this uh, part of me that was like, I I have fell away. And so I'm coming back like the prodigal son, right? He's, yeah. He wants to come back to be his father's servant. He wants mm-hmm. to be a slave to his father because at least he gets to eat and at least he has somewhere to sleep, you know? And that was how I came back to the Lord. And it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to be one of his servants and not a son, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, that night for me was basically like the prodigal, the mm-hmm. prodigal son, you know, him getting embraced and the ring put on and the robe put on him. Uh, I felt like, I actually belong here, and this yep. is what the Lord. And He also also got some words about about my my future ministry, yeah. um, things that I needed to I needed to hear. I felt I felt yeah. like God was there; He was real. Uh, and I do want to say this: that like not once that anybody like I don't remember the people's names besides Michael Roundtree's, honestly. Uh, not once did I glory in any of them people. Not once mm-hmm. did I say, "Oh, look how cool Michael spiritual Michael Roundtree is now." Yeah. Like, no. I, I was the whole the whole time I'm sitting on a couch. I am a prophet. You yeah, and no one said no one said thus saith the Lord. You know what I mean? Uh, No one said anything like that. It wasn't scripture. Um, And the whole time I'm trembling, like I'm sitting there. Hold on. So if it if it if it didn't contradict scripture, I'm told that it is useless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if it contradicts scripture, obviously, yeah, it is useless. But yeah. if it if it doesn't contradict, I'm told that there's no need for it. Right. So what is your response to that? That old John Wesley, I think, quote is who says uh, John, it? Owen. John, John Owen. John Owen, yeah, yeah. John Owen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's that's malarkey. Uh, I think anyone that's ever had a relationship with anybody, I, you know, I'm not a father, but you know, uh, I'm I'm a husband, uh, I'm a son, uh, I'm an uncle. I'm all these things, and like every single person in my life, every relationship I have. There's communication that goes back and forth. There's like well, me and my wife is the closest, obviously the closest relationship I have. Yeah. And there's 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 intimacy there. There's communication there. In fact, mm-hmm. communication is like the main thing in a marriage. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I think if God is is relational, 
then <laughs> we why, are the bride of Christ. Why wouldn't he talk to us? Like, right. To me, it doesn't make it'd be like me writing a letter yeah. to my wife and saying, these are the things that I like. These are the things I don't like. Uh, here's some other things that you can argue with other people about some doctrine stuff. Slide that letter over to her and say, mm-hmm. OK, the canon's closed. I'm not going to talk anymore. Okay, so for me, uh, you know, uh, that quote from John Owen, I always laugh because even if you're a cessationist, you shouldn't. That's a terrible argument. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it, just because it's not scripture, uh, like if God were to tell me, if somebody were to use God to come tell me, hey, you need to do, th- you need to switch jobs and do this. Right. And that doesn't contradict scripture. It's very useful it's for very, me. If God were to come important. and tell me, this you know, thing. Yeah. God, God tells me these things. Uh, if if He comes out and just says these things to me, or to, or to somebody else to tell me, like that is important. Like for me, one of the one of the funniest uh, ways that God has ever used like the gift of prophecy I mean, is He actually used it through somebody who who I know uh, teaches things that are very wrong. Right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay, and let me tell you this because this was a funny story because. The last church that I was at, there's a woman there who my wife called her the, the, the white witch of this church. <laughs> uh, because this woman was very new age. She, she mm. would, uh, she's the reason why I left this church. Um, because she would teach things. She would say she would go to uh, Burning Man and she would say things like, God tells me, <coughs> things like God tells me to go to Burning Man, which is good. Somebody needs to, that's a yeah, ministry somebody needs to do. Uh, but she, would, she said that God told her not to say, not to mention Jesus, not to mention the Holy Spirit, not to mention sin, not to, uh, not to mention God. And I'm like, no, he did not. <laughs> he he would want to go get high. Just be honest. You know, want to go do some he, DMT on the none desert. Of these cool. So I had actually decided to go. Like she was the, she did the Sunday night uh, service at that church, mm-hmm. um, which is a much smaller. It's a very big church, but the Sunday night service is very small. So I've never actually witnessed any of her, her. Um, uh, any any of the church services that she did, so I decided to go one night, and I had already decided I'm leaving this church. And mm. at that point, I actually like was planning on coming out and talking about a lot of the things that I had that, about that church because it's a very big church. It's very they, they do a lot of really good things, <laughs> um, but they they had this very problematic person there, and that's why I ended up leaving. But I went over there, and <laughs> this woman came up to me. She handed me a hundred dollar bill. I'm sitting in the corner just. Observing. She coming up to me and she's uh, and I'd already planned doing this ministry, the metal Bible and this yeah. kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and I just bought a bunch of equipment and stuff to do it. Uh and she came up to me and she handed me a hundred dollars and she said, God told me to give this to you because you're about to start going into a new venture. <laughs> and you're about to do something uh important for him. And and he told me to give this to you. Wow. Just, the whole <laughs> service home, I was laughing because I was like this God. Ab- God used this person that I am leaving because of, yeah. <laughs> which shows that this this has nothing to do with the messenger. Exactly, right? it's <laughs> nothing to do Thank with the messenger. <laughs> God used somebody who was was just the- theologically very wrong, right, to speak through, yeah. <laughs> right, and and it was. And I like I literally was leaving because I was there was there was like probably two hundred people in this whole place mm. and I'm just sitting in the back by myself just watching just observing because I wanted to I wanted to make sure I was fighting with God to leave this church I didn't want to leave because right. I was teaching the yeah I've been it. teaching for yeah. three years and it took me a whole year to finally actually a uh, fighting with God to finally realize that I needed to leave <laughs> and this was one of the last things and I was just like okay. You got, yeah. He's got a sense of humor he does. Yeah. Uh, because that was hilarious. And then after I left, uh, God confirmed because I started, I was like, man, did I make the right decision? Mm. And then they had Benny Hinn. 
Right. And they've never had Benny Hinn come <laughs> do a service there, period. Yeah. And, like, Benny Hinn is hugely problematic. Yeah, I very. taught against Benny Hinn while I was at that church. Um, because a lot of cessations, what they don't realize is that not all charismatics are the same. Yeah. Right? Just like not all Calvinists are the same, not all Baptists are the same, not all, you know, it's just, it just is. That's just the truth. And so for a lot of my cessationist brothers and sisters out there, I challenge you to to listen to people you disagree with on this. Yeah. And go in, go and read the Bible without your cessationist goggles, without your Baptist goggles, your Pentecost, whatever, yeah. any goggles. Go read the Bible without any views before going and reading it. And tell me you can be a cessationist. Yeah. Because right. the Bible's not cessationist. That's how I that's I didn't know before <laughs> I even knew what a continuationist or a, a cessationist was, I was I read the Bible and I was like, "Why we should be doing these things today?" Because nowhere does it say to not be, you know. And that's and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with my with my page is I wanna I wanna bring a very a very balanced approach, you yeah. know. Like like you can be uh, biblically centered and grounded and theologically, you can even be a Calvinist like I am yeah. and still Sam Storms is a Calvinist. Too. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm Kendall company. is a Calvinist. Yeah, I'm in yeah. good company, you know. <laughs> But you can still believe in the gifts because I don't. I don't believe in the gifts because of these experiences. That's what I want to make clear. Is like I honestly I haven't had a whole lot of experiences with this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. But like I'm still a continuationist, mm-hmm. and I'm waiting on God. What He wants to do, He'll do what He wants to do. Right. And in comparison, I've only been like a continuationist for about I mean I guess six or seven years now mm-hmm. is what I've actually been a, a continuationist. But before I ever experienced anything, I became one. I was convinced of the argument before I saw anything. It was only after I actually started asking As, God right. that I actually started. Because Jesus actually, he he talks about this. He says that who among you, when your child asks for something, is, is not going to give them that. Give them a snake. Like, yeah, right. You, you know? give them a snake. They ask for a fish, a you give them a snake or give them a rock. Man. <laughs> right? And so it's like when people, the kundalini spirit, like you ask God for something, he's not going to give you a demon. Right. Right. If yeah. you're truly seeking after him, he's not going to give you a demon. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. And yeah, there are a lot of problematic things within the charismatic space. There's a ton Absolutely. of frauds. There's a ton yeah. of frauds. There's a lot of liars. There's a lot of people faking these things. And that needs to stop. But the, the answer to that is not cessation. No. There's the a ditch on either is, side. You is know? biblical continuation. Right. And that's yeah. why I like to call myself a biblical continuationist and not just continuationist or charismatic because uh, I'm not even really a charismatic person at all. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, like, I don't, I've, I've gone to like these healing meetings and all these kinds of stuff and I've been to all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that, that, you know, they didn't have healing meetings in the Bible. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. They didn't have, they had like, church, you know? they had, they had <laughs> church and they would pray over people and they would be healed. Right. Anytime that I've truly experienced awe-inspiring gifts has been in private setting or, or very yeah. small settings. Yeah. It's never been in front of a camera. Yeah, that's that's my other thing, the cameras. Yeah, bring the cam- put the yeah. camera away uh, and just pray for somebody. Yeah. Right? Because who cares if, if there's if there's proof for a cessationist out there? If you were healed, like if here's the thing, somebody who's a staunch atheist and they're about to die of cancer, you pray over that person and they are healed. Uh, what does that do? Opposite. They're no longer an atheist. They changed their mind. I guarantee. Somebody who has the hardest of hearts. That is the way that you can change them. Right. Right. By by praying over them. God does the healing. 
No man has ever healed anybody. Paul never healed anybody. Peter never healed anybody. Peter did no healings, period. Right. God healed 100% of the time, and only when he chose to heal. Because he likes to use human agency. You know, that's the thing is like, well, I don't put God in a box. God can do whatever he wants. But here's the thing is like, he uses, and that's that's the argument with cessation is like, I don't believe that there are healers. Well, like we don't believe there's healers any. Like God is the healer, right? But he always uses human agency since Adam, since Eve. He uses human agency, like he doesn't have to. And that's that's yeah. the that's the glory of the of the uh, of of him, of God is yeah. that he like he's humble enough and he chooses to use human agencies right. to to fulfill. When it. I was healed <laughs> of my my chronic uh, stomach condition, God chose somebody to pray over me, lay their hands on me, and pray over me, and I was healed. Mm. Could he have just done it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He could have just done it. But he chose, had he just had just gone away, it would not have been as awe-inspiring as walking into a church building with ulcerative colitis and walking yeah. out, and a double ear infection. That, like, that's <laughs> part of it also. Yeah. I walked into that church that day with horrible ulcerative colitis pain <laughs> and double ear infection. I did not want to go to church. My wife dragged me to church. One of the mm. pastors there pulled me aside and said, God said we know, we, that I need to pray over. He knew what was going on. It wasn't That wasn't miraculous. Right. But they pulled me into this tent with some of the pastors, just like in James, it says, pray over people. Right. Put your hand, yeah. Lay your hands on them and pray over them. And I walked out of there completely healed. Mm. Had God just healed me of those things, yeah, that would have been awesome. I still would have been like, wow. But I walked into the church and then walked, hurting and walked out completely healed and have not had any problems and that, since then. Yeah, that built the faith up of those people that are around you, <laughs> yeah, too. The right. person who actually prayed and, and for you. Immediately, it was gone. Mm. And and I, I don't know, like, I've told this story before, and cessationists will say, well, we believe that God heals. Right. Then you believe in the gift of healing. Like, <laughs> the healing stuff is, I mean, I, I've seen some miraculous stuff. I mean, I, when, even, when I was, even when I was a cessationist, okay, um, I've, I've I haven't really told this story before, um, but my grandmother, and she was brain dead. The last time I had seen my grandmother, I was on drugs. I was on hallucinogens. Mm. And I felt so horrible because the last thing, the last time I ever saw her, I didn't really remember very well because I was so sick. Mm. I had to leave. Remember, we went to go eat. It was my mom's graduation. I was on mushrooms at that time. And <clears throat> um, I, I remember nothing about being able to even talk to her. So I felt so horrible. So we, I went, basically went, because she was, we were going to take her off, pull the plug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was going to die um, because she had taken so much, and she was she was completely brain dead. She she will not recover from any of this. <laughs> so I went there to say my goodbyes. I flew up there, and I went, and I remember, and I prayed over her. And I, nobody was in the room. I went and I prayed over her, and I put my hand on her, and I said, "God, please, 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 don't let this be the last time that I, the last time that I see my grandma, be what it was." Because I was just heartbroken, sobbing over her. I'm sitting there, I'm crying, and I and I had put my hands on her, and I walked out, and I can within like five minutes. The nurse said, "You guys need to find her." Wow, dude, Praise we had God. her yeah. for another like 15 years after that. <laughs> she died a couple of Christmases ago, but man, it was like I, even then I didn't recognize that. Right, yeah. right. I didn't recognize that that had happened. I was just like, "This is a miracle." Yeah, but. That's what the gift of healing, gifts of healings is. That's what it is. I didn't, I had nothing to do with that. Right, yeah, I didn't yeah. do that. <laughs> right. But God used me as an agent for that. Right. Right. And could he, could he have just done it? Sure. Absolutely. But it just so happened that I prayed over her and within five minutes, she, she's blinking her eyes and moving. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and she was brain dead and right, she was actually yeah. better 
than she was before because she'd had a couple of strokes. She's had trouble walking. She was actually better for a while after that. I mean, she was in her she was in her sixties at that time, Uh, but she was she was better, and we got to have her for. I mean, she even moved down close to us, and we got to see my grandmother every you know all the time uh, for the next. You know, I think it was I think it was ten or fifteen years that we had her after that. Yeah, and that was that was miraculous. Yeah. like that was an amazing, awesome thing that happened. Uh, and that happened, and that is what the gifts of healing are. That's right. what that is. <laughs> so, anything else you want to say about the gifts before we before we get done here? Uh, no, I just um, no. <laughs> Gift of prophecy. Uh. What about it? Like, exactly. I want to know. How do you think that it? Uh, how do you think that it is used today? Today? Yes. How, compared to how, like, uh, you know, like Isaiah, right? Or, yeah. Or right. Ezekiel, yeah. or like a prophet, like right. that, like the office of prophet versus the gift of prophecy. Right. Yeah. So the gift of prophecy. Um, this is okay. So this is a a, a theological thing that I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of cooking up. And Still I, working through. You know, I, I don't know. I know, in fact, I know there's no way I'm the first person to ever put these, connect these dots. Um, I'm sure there's brilliant scholars out there have already done it, but I've never heard anybody connect these dots before. Um, But I personally think, so it talks about in, in I think it's Exodus, no, Deuteronomy and Exodus were, no, Numbers, I'm sorry, uh, where he says, would all that, Moses says to the Israelites, would all that uh, God's people were prophets, Mm -hmm. right? Well, fast forward to to the days of Paul, and he's talking to the Corinthians. and, and Paul's obviously like he's saying like uh, that Christ is the fulfillment of of the whole Old Testament, all the Torah. He he like Christ is the fulfillment, and the church is obviously Israel now, New Israel, like all this stuff, right? So I personally, when when Paul says uh, like earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy, I think that that's actually like him saying that like now now because of Christ, not because of us, not because the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost, right? Uh, because of Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, right? Like because of these things, the Holy Spirit's been given to not just Moses, not just the elders, right? Uh, but to every believer, anyone that believes in, in Jesus Christ, right? Because well, like most people don't realize, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit he would come upon people and then he would leave. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't dwell yeah. within people. Yeah. He would come upon, like Samson. It says Samson every single time that he did amazing strength things, it says the Spirit would come upon him. Mm. It wasn't on him all of the time. He, no. didn't, he, he didn't have that ability apart from when the Holy Spirit was upon yeah. him. Yeah. So he likely was some scrawny guy right. <laughs> who actually wasn't very strong. And then all of a sudden, Spirit comes upon him and he's ripping donkey jaws and beating him. Be- yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and, and also on that too, right, is like, uh, you know, so anyway, so Christ is the fulfillment of, and now that now that we are in the, the in this age, right, um, that every single believer uh, is now is now essentially because of the Holy Spirit uh, a prophet, and we're we're encouraged to prophesy. Um, but also too, we talk about like the body of Christ is also considered the the, the new temple, right? Um, well, in the Old Testament, when some, the like when they were building the tabernacle, for example, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon certain people, and what were they skilled with doing? Building the church, right? <laughs> right. And so yeah. the gifts are very very clearly talked about how they are for the edification of the body. Mm-hmm. And so the yeah, gift there was of prof- a gift of art when it came to like the building the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, the Holy Spirit right. came upon yeah. somebody to build the Ark. Exactly. <laughs> and so these gifts are are every single one of them, but prophecy as well, uh, is for the, the building up of the body of Christ, right? Until 
price returns and we don't need the gifts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And for me, I think that for the gift of prophecy, it is not uh, thus saith the Lord, there's going to be an earthquake right, no. that's going to come yeah. uh, if you don't repent. Yeah. It's, it's not, I think it's honestly, that is dumb. I think it is more local, like mm, right. within yeah. the body of Christ locally. And that's why when I, all these people on TikTok that are these fake prophets and stuff like that, <laughs> I just ignore that. But somebody, if you've ever actually come in contact with somebody who uses the gift of prophecy, they don't call themselves a prophet. Ever. No, they they don't. don't. They'll just no. say, I've got a gift of prophecy. God is give me a gift of prophecy. Some of them won't even say that. <laughs> yeah, some of them won't even say that. But they'll do it, you know, yeah. But they will do it. And and what and what they will do is talk to you about something personal. Right. Uh, yeah. They will speak into you things that God speaks through them. They might have a word about the church. <laughs> no, specific yeah, to the your local specific church, church you know? about yeah. what where to take that direction, but it is not Okay, so thus saith the Lord, there's going to be a meteor strike. <laughs> like there was, there was an old, there was an old group called the Prophecy Club that I listened to a long, long time ago. I used to make fun of them all the time. Still would make fun of them because they would bring this guy on that would talk about how there was going to be a meteor that was going to hit the West Coast and the the waves were going to hit all the way. And, uh, but we have to pray it away. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, there's a, there's your out right there. <laughs> we prayed it away, so it didn't happen. We prayed, yeah. So, uh, just to wrap it up, um, and kind of, uh, I'll let you kind of end with uh, where's your page going? What are you? What mm. is? What is the plans for Charismatic Cheetah for the future? And, and what do you got going on? Yeah, so I continue to keep building it. I wanna, I wanna make more, uh, start making more like teaching focused uh, videos. Now that I've officially revealed my face, uh, I wanna start doing some more. I, I still wanna make memes because I think memes is like my bread and butter, and they're fun to make. Until being a meme lord is is a, is a gift. Also, it, it is, you know. <laughs> Um, until God's quit, God quits blessing it. So far, he's been blessing it. So that's what I keep, uh, that's the plan for that. Um, I've just got into TikTok and I'm on X now, Instagram, of course. Um, so I'm still kind of exploring those spaces. Uh, but I would like it to be more and more of, I want pe- I want a place people can, can both laugh, but also a place where they can like hear some, some, some teaching and some encouragement, yeah. some exegesis. And, um, I have, I, I had the gift of teaching, um, and so I want to I want to put that out there and see where it goes. So All right. awesome! Well, thank you very much for for coming over and showing your face. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. It's been this. fun. <laughs> we'll do. I'm sure we'll have more contact again in the future. Uh, but yeah, really, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me.